Hello, adventurers. You have found Homebrew Heels, a Nat One Life podcast. I am one of your hosts, hostesses, Amanda. <laughs> My sister Sarah and I will be talking you through some of the Nat Ones we've rolled in the medical health areas of our life. We are not medical professionals by any means, although I personally have watched quite a bit of Grey's Anatomy. We will be sharing our experiences, how we're advocating for our health, what the experience is like in all its details, good and the gross, the cost of the adventure, and most importantly, how we are working to stay happy and motivated through it all. So, Sarah, you know when you're throwing up, which I wish we didn't know when we were throwing up, because I wish we've never thrown up, but we have. Okay. This so is when we're quite the question up, already. <laughs> right. Multifaceted question. And you know when people say, oh, I'm just throwing up bile? Yes. Do you ever wonder what they're actually throwing up? Yeah, I do. And I remember thinking this as well when I was throwing up so much in the morning in the past because it would come up and it would be it's like what is that like what is it made up of and whatever like you, I don't know like it was just one of those things where you don't hear about it or you don't talk about it very frequently mm-hmm. so then it's like you know it's normal but you don't know how normal well, I always thought it was weird because it, I would be throwing up and then like obviously there's no more food and then it's like this greenish color and then then your parents at some point or mine did anyway. Our parents at some point told me, oh, you're just throwing up bile. Well, then then we do research and I'm like, that's not bile. That can't be bile because the bile is made by the liver and right? stored in the gallbladder, you know, so now yep. we, <laughs> we know all these things. So I'm like, what are we puking? What is stomach acid? Exactly. So, what did you find? Man, I found a lot of information about, like, the strength of stomach acid. Um, like, why it can be uh, different levels of acidic. So, mm-hmm. the acidity level is because of the hydrochloric acid that's in our stomachs. And that is a very, very strong acid. But Mm -hmm. there's only a little bit. So we have like potassium chloride, we have sodium chloride, um, and the cell, the lining in our stomach actually secretes these chemicals and they release enzymes and mucus. So I honestly think when we're throwing up, and we see the green stuff, it's usually the mucus and, like, a combination of some of these acids. So, for me, okay, so you keep saying green. Yeah, Mine yellow. was yellow. Yeah, green, yellow, neon, just, green. I don't know. And that's why I just want to clarify. Like, are you seeing, like, grass green? No, more like a neon green color. So definitely like, you know, when you kind of have some uh, sinus issues going on and you blow your nose and it's like this mucusy, yellowy green. Mm -hmm. That's what mine colors always looked like. Well, and as I like got older and learning more about 
just common ailments that people have. Mm-hmm. I learned early on that like heartburn, mm-hmm. heartburn is just like you have a little flap at the entrance of your stomach from, you know, your esophagus down to your stomach. And if that flap fails, um, then stomach acid starts to enter that tube and it's a burning sensation because of this acid. Mm-hmm. And so, and the acidity level. And so I taking that knowledge and hearing, like you said, from mom and dad, like, oh, that's just bile and what have you. Mm-hmm. I just assumed that it was like whatever is in our stomach that breaks down our food, that it was almost like I was having extremely bad heartburn and it was just coming up. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and it's funny because people call heartburn heartburn and it's really acid reflux, right? So yes. it's like the acid that's like you said splashing or entering this valve like it's closed off. It's supposed to be closed and it's burning because it doesn't have the protective layer and mucus and everything like the stomach does. When I, this topic has made me realize, like, how either little I know or just how much I haven't, like, truly paid attention. And I've never considered it, like, important information or important knowledge until now. So, like you were saying, the stomach acid being made up of the hydrochloric acid, potassium chloride, I and sodium chloride, uh, it is, it also has um, pepsin and, I might say this wrong, lipase. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I said that correctly. I had to listen to it earlier. Um, I think that's correct. <laughs> I was like looking up what some of these are, and mm-hmm. I think it was actually potassium chloride. Um where it's like it's made up of chlorine mm-hmm. and I was like how do our bodies have chlorine in it <laughs> I didn't realize that chlorine was a naturally occurring chemical oh yeah yep mm-hmm. I honestly thought it you was thought synthetic. it was man-made yep. yeah no mm-hmm. for sure yeah it's natural naturally occurring and isn't it crazy how our bodies have like this shit in us and that and was like, my next thing I was like, these are some strong chemicals we got. Like, Yeah. We are pretty amazing machines. Just saying. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's the truth. Because we have a um, the stomach, which keeps all the, what they call as gastric juices, <laughs> which is kind of gross. It it's kind of like moist for me, for you. Gastric <laughs> juices. That just sounds nasty. Um. But the juices that are in our stomach, I think it may be a sort of juice. I'm going to say liquid because I think of a drink. I'm like, I'm not drinking a gastric juice box. Um, Anyway, so the liquid that's in our stomach is very, very important for nutrition absorption. Mm -hmm. Um, Nutrient absorption. Jesus Christ. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I can speak. Um, so much so that we actually produce three to four liters of, uh, gastric liquid a day, which I thought was crazy. I thought that was crazy as well. Yep. And so what I learned kind of the science behind how our food breaks down in our stomach 
is that the hydrochloric acid in the juices <laughs> breaks down the food and then the enzymes split up the proteins and make them more simple. So it's kind of like a, you know, bottom or top down approach, you know, mm -hmm. so it just chips away, chips away, breaks them down even more smaller so that we can better um, digest and absorb the nutrition. And then the uh, acid in the gastric like liquid is also important for killing the bad bacteria. I thought that was uh, really interesting as well, because I figured somewhere along the line, our body, that's how our body fought it out. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't sure what exactly was doing it or how it was doing it. So mm -hmm. knowing that it's like directly the stomach acid that's really breaking down um, things. So preventing us from getting sick and preventing uh, some of those uh, microbes or pathogens from entering the rest of our body like right. I found that really interesting that it was because our acid is so acidic that it's just breaking it down and killing it off <laughs> yeah well and it's so the flip side so like people like us like the small intestinal bacterial overgrowth obviously the bacteria had to get in there somehow mm -hmm. um through what we're eating but one thing that people don't realize is, um, or I shouldn't say that, one thing to know is how detrimental antacids can be. Mm. So, yeah. like we were just describing, you are creating gastric juices in order to break down your food, to better absorb the nutrients, to kill the bacteria, you know, all of these things. Well, if you, say, eat something that you're intolerant to or something that causes an increase in stomach acid uh, or the acidity level, I should say, of your gastric mm -hmm. juices, like coffee is a great example, or anything with citric acid in it, like tomatoes or citrus fruit, orange juice, the level, the acidity level in your stomach increases and then you get that burning sensation mm -hmm. because of how acidic things are. The go-to is to pop a Tums, right? right? Oh, I'm just going to pop a Tums. I'm going to pop a Tums. Well, what you're doing is you're counteracting not only the additional acid that you've added, but also the acid that is there and required to be there to properly digest your food and kill bacteria, Yep. So if you are killing all of the acid and you're making it a neutral environment in your stomach, then you're not going to be killing as many things. And that's where people can, you can get sick. So right. try and, not and to overuse. Exactly. And that's exactly it. It's not necessarily something where it completely neutralizes your stomach acid or the mm -hmm. acidity levels and whatnot. But it's to, it's a point where, if you continually use these medications, then you're continually lowering the acidity level of your stomach. And so it's not able to do its job as well as it could be. Exactly. Now, with that, I understand that there are some chronic issues or not even chronic necessarily. They can pop up once in a while. Uh, for some people, um, but your 
acidity levels within your stomach can fluctuate Mm -hmm. um, to even more acidic to uh, less acidic. So our stomach is supposed to be between a pH of one and three. And to give you a which damn, that's acidic. It is so so acidic. acidic. (laughs) Water is a seven. Yeah, neutral. That's our neutral point Mm -hmm. is water. And it's a seven. And our stomach is a one, two, three. So if you have um, low acidity or low levels, then you might experience, uh, it says, burping, bloating, an upset stomach, heartburn, diarrhea, indigestion, nausea with vomiting, gas, or hair loss. And I was like, man. That is quite the list, but that it is, is quite the list. So common to other issues, like we've talked about before, that I, it's one of those things where I don't hear people talking about this as often as I feel like we should be talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the closest that I've come to is when I was researching the Chinese traditional medicine. And they talk about your cools and hots. Yes. Yep. And so, and then for high levels, um, it's unfortunately similar. There's nausea, vomiting, bloating, abdominal discomfort, um, which may be worse on an empty stomach, diarrhea, heartburn, decreased appetite, and unexplained weight loss. Hey, Pepto-Bismol. I know exactly. That's what I was thinking. Upset too. stomach, diarrhea. How does it go? Indigestion. Diarrhea. Something heartburn, indigestion. Hey, Pepto Bismol. Yeah, not yeah. Pepto Bismol, people. That's what we're saying. Right, exactly. Like, <laughs> go a more natural route. The so for a chronic issue, by all means, you will need to seek medical attention because a serious. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, serious measures may need to be taken. Right. Um, and if you do have, and that's both ways, it, yes. low stomach acid and high stomach acid, um, because low stomach acid, it's really interesting. Uh, the reading I did on the low stomach acid, yeah. but it can actually cause a lot of nutrient deficiencies because you're not, you're literally not breaking down shit to absorb it. So oh. um, it talked about like, or it, the article that I was reading on Healthline <laughs> um, talks about how it, it can lead to nutrient deficiencies because you're not, your stomach's not breaking it down. And that like certain things, that's the place they have to get broken down or else they won't be absorbed along right. the, the way. Each so. organ has a job to do. Right. And this is the job of the stomach. Lazy fucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, um, the if you're thinking, well, if it is so acidic in my stomach, how do I not feel it on a normal basis? Or how am I not being eaten alive from the inside out? Well, the stomach thought of that in yeah. advance. Our stomachs are amazing. They are. are. The rest of our bodies. You mentioned it before. There is mucus mm-hmm. within the stomach. And actually, that is lining our whole stomach wall. And that mucus is what is protecting us from the acid itself. And the design, excuse me, the design of the stomach is kind of cool. 
It I is. Her, yeah. I wonder if I have low stomach acid. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I just drank a whole cup of coffee. It's probably very high right now. Um, <laughs> although it had a lot of milk in it. Hold on. It might have came out to be a little neutral. Um, but it's, so I digress. I'll cut that part out. But my point was it has a ton of the shape of it too has a ton of folds um so it's almost like self-protecting you know like while it's secreting the mucus for the lining and all these different things it has all these folds so it's like if there's a part like an ulcer is basically a part where your mucus membrane got eroded away and burned into your stomach for a stomach Mm -hmm. ulcer and that's what the feeling is like that constant feeling of burning is literally because your stomach's being burned through. Um, but I like the, when I was learning about the shape of the stomach, it kind of, this is going to sound weird, but it reminds me of like a vagina where it has all the folds, like all these little oh. like folds and lines and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but they act, the article I read actually talked about how you can see, like if you were to look at the inside of a stomach, it's like all of these, like, almost like a underwater plant you know like like a coral coral reef with all of those like ridges and increased surface area i guess is what i'm trying to say to produce all of this stuff in a very small space see our diagrams that we see on a normal basis in like the doctor's office or like when you're learning about health I honestly thought for the longest time, and even now, like, I I don't think, there are things that I don't think about it until it comes up, and then I'm like, oh, God, like, I had a totally different idea when, you know, you say stomach. I thought of, like, the diagrams, a smooth organ Mm. that, like, there's nothing else inside of it, essentially. It's just smooth. (laughs) And. But then you start learning that your intestines have little hairs and fingers. Your stomach is folded. Your brain, like, the brain is the only organ I, in the heart, would consider to have, like, layers and, like, flaps and, like, just the... Right, because we talk about those on a regular basis. Like, oh, your brain creates wrinkles every time you learn something new. Right. Whatever. Yeah, no. But if you think about it, our bodies are really interesting because they've the over time, you know, I'm sure with like evolution within our species and all of that. Things have happened and it's like increased surface area. How how do you increase the surface area inside a small, tiny space? You make Mm -hmm. folds. You know what I mean? Like pack it in. Yeah, pack it in. You make folds. It's just kind of crazy. But my point was the structure of the stomach is really cool because it's self-protecting. And it's, um, you know, creating all of the enzymes and things like that that we need, or it should be creating the enzymes. Some people do have to go take enzymes to digest their food, like um, mm-hmm. one of our aunts does, um, because she had a gallstone that just de- destroyed her pancreas. And so she's she doesn't make a lot of enzymes that she needs to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get to an episode on the pancreas eventually, but. Because that's important as fuck. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I just, to end us out on different things that you can do to improve your stomach acid Mm -hmm. naturally. 
And I say improve because these things should either help to increase it if you have low acid or help to decrease it if you have high acid. Um, so one of them was chew your food. <laughs> so yeah, obviously if you chewing is the beginning of the digestive process, you know, the saliva is mixing with your food that starts breaking it down. But when you chew it into smaller bites and then swallow it, obviously then again, we're talking about surface area, your stomach acid and the liquid in your stomach can start to work faster because it's in smaller pieces. Um, the second one is to limit processed foods. So our bodies know how to break down natural foods. Things that are highly processed or that are more man-made, they can cause inflammation. They can cause like decreased acidity. They can trigger some issues and things like that. So you just want to make sure that if you're eating a lot of processed food, it's going to take a, a wear and tear on your body. Yep. This is a big thing for me because I eat some processed food. Um, the next one I think is, it was really interesting that I read about and was eat, eating fermented foods. And this is where I'm like, okay, but we're not supposed to with SIBO. Oh, like, yeah. So... But fermented vegetables like sauerkraut, pickles, kimchi, um, they have natural probiotics. So because uh, they us usually use vinegar, which the next one um, in this article is to drink apple cider vinegar because it's a fermented liquid. Um, you seriously, really, like really can't up. eat that. <laughs> yeah, I know you can't for yeah. sure now. More to come on that, people. But. It's really interesting because it's all about these probiotics, like getting these good things introduced back into your body. But when you're in a situation like yourself or myself where it's like, well, I'm not supposed to eat these things, you got to get a little more creative um, or look for things that are similar that you can have. Yep. Um, so raw apple cider vinegar actually increases the stomach acid levels because its acidic properties introduce more acid into the digestive tract. And so um, it also helps with diabetes and high blood sugar. Um, it helps with reducing acid reflux. Um, and it just says, you know, just take a little bit. Um, but beware because any of these like acidic, acidic things can damage your teeth. Yeah. Well, and um, that's why they say it for people who unfortunately are, are affected by bulimia. Mm hmm. And for us, throwing up so often in the morning mm -hmm. because of our stomach gut issues, it affects our dental mm -hmm. health. And that acid hitting your teeth constantly, it, it breaks them down. Like that is the, I, that is part of what the articles I read was talking about is that your stomach acid, we are trying to like explain how acidic it is with a pH level of one to three it is acidic enough to break down bone and body material like components it is strong enough to break that down the mucus is the one thing that is really like holding back from our stomach and bodies constantly right. dissolving but if you're throwing it up or getting to the point like you're saying if you're consuming the more acid your 
there are side effects, unfortunately, that you have to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Be aware of what you're doing to your stomach mucus, people. <laughs> Uh, be aware of your stomach mucus. It's just crazy. I'm, I'm not, I, I've never been more aware of like what's happening inside my body. Right. Until we started doing this crap. <laughs> well, and also going back to your chewing mm-hmm. thing, um, I thought it was 20 times, but I just looked it up. You're supposed to chew your food 32 times before swallowing. I definitely don't do that. And who's no. counting? I had a friend who used to count because he took a class that he had to, to like understand where he's at and where he should be. And in general, like for me personally, I think I only chew about around like 15 times. So half the amount of times that I should be. And I'm going to have to be paying more attention to that because the other thing too is to eat slower. Like that's one mm-hmm. thing that, um, and this and eating slower has to do it will improve your health in a lot of ways. It One, does. you will actually realize when you're starting to get full, so you'll stop eating. So it will help prevent overeating. And in the United States, when you go out or even at home, like the portions that we serve ourselves are huge. So and so big. If you really slow down, you'll realize I don't really need to eat that much. You know, I maybe can eat half that much or a quarter of that much. And so and you'll be getting plenty of calories. And so um, slowing down helps with obesity. Um, it helps with um, controlling like blood sugar levels. If you struggle with uh, like hypo or hyperglycemia, um, because you're allowing your body to start processing the food before you put more in. So it's yeah. kind of like if you're having a beer and I was going to use the weed analogy, but most people know more about alcohol. (laughs) So if you're like trying to get to the point where you're like, I want to feel buzzed. And then you drink a beer and you wait maybe 30 seconds. Like you chug the beer and then you wait 30 seconds. You're like, I'm not drunk. And so you have another beer and then you're like 30 seconds later, I'm not drunk. And you just keep doing that. Well, eventually, (laughs) eventually you will be drunk and eventually that will all catch up to you. But if you take time to slow down and be like, I just had this beer, I'm going to sip it or I'm going to drink it and then wait for 30 minutes instead of 30 seconds, you might already have the feeling that you wanted to have. Mm-hmm. And so it's allowing yourself to have that time to, to for your body to process the chemical reactions that are occurring to send the chemical reaction to your stomach and say, hey, you're full. Because that's how that works, right? We've learned about that before. Your brain actually, your stomach triggers your brain and says you're full. But it takes a while for your stomach to start processing and digesting and then be like, oh, shit, we're full. (laughs) Right, exactly. The the brain isn't, like, the brain is constantly in touch with everything. But this is one of those circumstances where it is the the stomach is the one that's being directly affected, right? Because it's the one that's receiving the food. So it is its job to notify the brain, hey, we're eating. Hey, these things need to start happening. Hey, digestion is going to start. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, by the way, we're full. Right. The brain is like a really great manager. It's not going to micromanage you stomach. It's not going to be like, are you eating? Are are you full? 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 No. Right. It's going to be like stomach. You've been doing this for a lot of time. You know what's up. 
you tell me when you're full and I will start those process. You know, it's so it's like a really good manager. Yeah. But the one thing the stomach can't get down is like, I'm full right now. <laughs> Stop. And it doesn't help. Okay. Oh man, I'm having like corporate America flash through my <laughs> eyes right now. And it's not like the stomach, it's the stomach's fault. Going right back to what we were just we're circling back here. If you don't give the stomach that time yeah. and you're just cramming the food in, like you have a lot of inbound coming, mm-hmm. then you, you have to give your body a chance. Right. Well, and it's kind of crazy. Okay. Even more full circle too, right? We live in a culture and a society that federally, on a federal level, if you live in the United States and you have a job, you are only entitled to 30 minutes of a lunch break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And two 10 minute breaks if you work over a certain amount of hours okay now is that just in your state or i think the 10 minute breaks are in my state but the 30 minute lunch i believe is required if you work like eight hours or something like that in a day legally you have to have a 30 minute lunch break it's not paid it's unpaid you know yeah but you have to have time to go feed yourself right you have to it's like basic human Mm mm-hmm not rights, um, needs. It's basic needs. Like you have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And you have to eat to live. <laughs> um, and so I'm just going to look up like stomach processing time. Oh my gosh. We didn't even, I didn't even look into that. That's so like, clearly we need to talk about that. How long to feel full? Okay, from when you start eating to when you feel full takes about 20 minutes. So if you have a 30-minute lunch break, you have to go get your food, heat it up, sit down, whatever. Okay, let's say you're not even leaving anywhere. You you have your lunch with you, even it's a cold lunch. Okay, you Mm -hmm. go, you get it, you sit down. Maybe that takes three to five minutes. You now have 25 minutes to consume all of your food and relax. So I need people to understand that because I think the biggest mistake that we can make, and I do this for myself all the time, is not scheduling break time. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, oh, 25 minutes, excellent, it takes 20 minutes to feel full, I'll just gradually eat my food for 25 minutes well now you've been working all day so let's think about like aren't you gonna want to maybe socialize call somebody sit and do nothing maybe go for a walk after you eat whatever the I case was gonna say be. mine is the sit and like not think <laughs> like read a book listen to yep. some music meditate practice mindfulness just mm-hmm. being aware of what's around you you know whatever the case may be Because the other thing that we need as humans is mental breaks. So a chance to clear out the mental clutter. So if it takes 20 minutes to feel full, I can guarantee you that most of the time, like for me or my husband or people that I have had in my life, you're cramming your food in. Right. At the beginning. You're just shoving everything that you packed in your face right at the beginning because you want a chance to relax. You don't want your whole break to be eating. 
Or for me, sometimes your lunch break comes at a later time. And so Mm -hmm. I am just so hungry that I need to get the food in my stomach as quickly as possible. Right. That's the feeling as at least. Right. So then 20, 25 minutes goes by and then you're like, I feel like crap because I ate too much. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever the case may be. I didn't eat enough. I mean, that's even... Another thing is if you eat and eat and then you're like 20 minutes goes by and you're like, man, I'm still hungry. Yeah. Now your break's over. So I just think it's a really risky. Honestly, it's just a risky society that we have that people can't. You just got to shove the food in your face. Right. Like it's there's no consideration. Right. In regards to what our bodies actually need. It, it's looked at at a high level. Mm-hmm. You need food. Uh, great. You need it, calories. It, right. Here's some time to consume the food that you need. Right. And we'll even give you prepackaged processed bullshit food that's right. usually accessible exactly. to you. So you can easily get the calories. <laughs> uh, now. So sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just going to say something that hasn't been mentioned yet, um, but should be most likely, is that once this the food hits your stomach, it takes six to eight hours for it to even move on to the small intestine. Yeah. So Almost it is people. sitting there. I think that's without any gut issues. Yes. Because <laughs> I swear something like that, that. I'm like, that is bullshit. It takes six to eight minutes. I don't know what you're talking about. That shit flies right out. On a normal stomach. It takes mm-hmm. six to eight hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, your large intestine, not your small intestine, right? Through your stomach, food then enters your large intestine. It should go small, then large. Small, and then large. I was like, there it is. I found it. You're like, I know what I'm talking about. I know, right? I'm like, why is this not saying it right? right. I found it. (laughs) We're good. (laughs) Small intestine. Um, the last thing that is good for your stomach, and this would be a great way to kind of end this out, is ginger. Incorporating yes. ginger into your diet. So ginger is huge for anti-inflammatory processes. And so, like, I know using it for um, joint pain, even, like, externally, like, icy hot type patches. Um, it's used for uh, motion sickness and, like, mm-hmm. nausea. Um, ginger ale, you know, talk about ginger ale or ginger snap cookies and all that. It's because of the ginger in it. Um, and so it has, um, more of a connotation of being alternative treatment or alternative medicine. And so kind of like you were saying when you were doing, um, your Eastern medicine Mm -hmm. research, like Chinese ancient medicine or whatever you called it. Chinese Um, traditional medicine. Traditional medicine. Thank you. Did you read a lot about ginger? Yes. So because it is a high focus on keeping your cools and hots or, you know, Mm -hmm. they're very much like you need there a lot of times because of what based off of what you eat, you need to manipulate what you eat to make sure that your levels are where they need to be. And ginger is very, very common to assist with that. And I actually, that is the one reason why I started eating ginger with my sushi is because I found out that it had 
um, it assists with digestion. And mm-hmm. so I, I automatically started to eat it to assist me. Are you allowed to have ginger now? I believe so. I didn't see it on the list. I'll have to double check. I know. I'm like pulling that shit up right now. This Ooh. will just be the 27th time I've looked at your test. <laughs> ginger. Oh, it's green. Yes. Perfect. What is it under? Herbs and spices. Perfect. Okay. Which are almost, almost green. Always all green except for the miso. The miso. Yeah. Which, what is it? Does it have soy in it? I digress. Anyway. Like, I just couldn't figure out what would be in it. Yeah, it's just like Justin focusing on the buffalo. (laughs) (laughs) He could not get over the buffalo. (laughs) I know. But beef, but but no buffalo. Right. But beef. Okay, Justin. You just keep you just you just keep going around in circles. With that. Yeah, back and forth. Mm-hmm. But why? We have no clue. No idea. Yeah. Um. Awesome. Any final notes on stomach acid? What's in it? Why it's important? And why we should take care of it? No, I think that was it. I actually pulled out more information during our talk. Right. It's quite interesting. There's a lot about stomach acid um, and just a lot about what it does and how it works with everything else and how it's impacted by so much of our other body processes. Thank you, adventurers, for joining us today. We hope this helped you find tips and tricks to loot the booty. Find us on natonelife.com and check us out on social media, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter to follow us more on our day to day. May your poop be regular and bubbles minimal. Stay Stay sassy sassy and gassy. gassy. Till next next time. time. Nice. Take the pill and use the glove until you have a child of love. And that one life, and that one life. You work all day and make no pay. And debt is mounting every day. And that one life, and that one life. When the world seems to be slow. In your dreams, anxiety, depression, doubt, this that one life is shitting on you. You can't even poop. Journey with us and start to fight your way through this now.